Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Suck it! Welcome to episode 121 of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined pretty much as always by uh, Jason Brooks. Jason, how you doing today? And uh, what's going on on this Saturday morning? Well, Saturday afternoon, and uh, it's going well. Um, not much, not much really happening. Just kind of taking it easy, um, and looking forward to talking talking wrestling with you. Makes sense. Uh, the the thing I want to start off this week was something that I don't know if the average fan knows about, but the uh, people who I hope are listening to our show most weeks would know is that mm-hmm. we had the the quarterly WWE uh, earnings report come out and. Everything's going well, things are up, but the big thing that came out for me on this was that Vince McMahon said that there was going to be 13 new people debuting, which we've already seen, I think, 11 or 12 of them for NXT, but also we have, we're going to have, over the next month, the return of four injured superstars. I don't know if all of them are on the same level, but we're going to have the return, which you already know about, on Memorial Day Raw for John Cena. Randy Orton supposedly is coming back, he says. Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt. I don't know if Bray's on the level of the other three, but uh, get to a couple of ideas in this. One, of the four, who are you looking forward the most to coming back? Uh, Me would be Seth Rollins. What about you? Well, definitely Rollins. I mean, I've been a fan of his since freaking Florida Championship Wrestling. Um, so I, I didn't see much at Ring of Honor. So it was before my time at Ring of Honor. So I've been a big Rollins fan for a long time. I think he was the best performer, uh, probably of the year last year and the year before that. Probably was the best performer in WWE. So uh, I'm definitely excited to see him back. Uh, it's been a long time. So it'll be, it'll be fun to watch him coming back and, and to see what they do with him. Is he a baby face? Is he a heel? You know, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Orton's going to come back and, He's going to be Orton and RKOing people, and he'll be fine. Cena will be Cena. Bray, they haven't done much with. But Rollins is going to be the guy where it's going to be fascinating to see where they go with him. Absolutely. And we'll get to Bray Wyatt and the other guys in a second, but I wanted to start with Seth. Now, when he left, he gave up the, t- gave up the championship. It looked like they were going towards him versus possibly a Mania versus Triple H. And also, we were right before the <laughs> Roman Reigns match. Roman Reigns is champion right now. Triple H is on the, I guess, a little bit of a sabbatical, taking some time after his couple of matches leading into Mania. Do you think that we go right back to him versus Roman Reigns when he comes back? Or do you think they ease him in slowly? How how do you think they, they handle the return of Seth Rollins? I don't know, Corey. I really don't. I think when he came back during the Slammies, he definitely got some, you know, some baby face pops. Um, they can really do anything with him. When he comes back, the fans are going to be into him. So they're going to have to figure out whether they want to make him the authority figure again, which I think is, I, I don't, I don't think they'll do that again. I don't think he comes back as a member of the authority. But that being said, you know, we have, you know, there's rumors and scuttlebutt, and we kind of have an idea that maybe Shane against Triple H will happen at some point for control of Raw. So maybe that's when you bring Triple H back, or Seth Rollins back after he's beaten Shane and they've taken over Raw and Rollins coming back again. But, man, we just haven't we seen that? So 
if I had to say, I think Rollins comes back. The problem is, if you have Rollins comes back, come back as a babyface. Cena's a babyface. Reigns is a babyface. Who are the heels? So, in logically, I would think you'd have Rollins come back as a babyface, similar to when Triple H was a babyface or a heel and got hurt, and then came back and was cheered loudly. You would think that's how Rollins would come back, but I think with the you know dearth of of really good heels. Rollins is probably going to have to come back as a heel. Now, something that we brought up a couple of months ago, and I think at the time I might be wrong. We have to look back at the at the uh, the shows, but we brought up the idea of by the time he's ready to come back, maybe we have whatever Bullet Club name or faction it is, could be you know the the big time heel group in the company, and then you have the Shield reform with all three of them as baby faces fighting off. You know, the Bullet Club, now that Roman's a face, or somewhat of a face, you know, the fans still want to see him boo him almost every week, Dean Ambrose is a baby face. Do you think that there's a possibility, I mean, I know it's possible of anything, but do you think there's a possibility maybe we see a reformation, maybe at SummerSlam or somewhere close to then, with the actual return, maybe not as a mystery, you know, third member or something, but we have a reformation of the Shield versus the Bullet Club? Or Ballot Club, or whatever it could be. Well, yeah, I think that'd be interesting. Um, you know, the guys are in such different spots. You know, uh, years ago with the Shield, it was Ambrose who led them, and Reigns was the muscle. So now Reigns would be the guy leading the Shield. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, that's something that could happen. I don't think it happens when Rollins returns, though. Like, I don't think he comes back and it happens. I think... You'd have to see them turn heel, the Bullet Club completely turn heel, add a new member, which might be Balor, and then really tear things up, and then, you know, somebody has to stop them, and then the Shield would be that that group. Um, so I think we're a ways away from that. At some point, maybe. So then if you bring Rollins back, you might have to bring him back as a baby face. I don't know. I don't know, Corey. What do you think with Rollins? How do you think they bring him back? Forget about the Bullet Club thing, because I think that's a ways away. How do they introduce him back to the audience? Uh, I think they most likely bring him back as a member of the authority, and he actually... <sighs> hold on, let me finish. They bring him back as a member of the authority, but he goes and pretty quickly turns on them, saying he's his own man. The whole time, the gimmick of, I was in the hospital, you know, you guys never even looked to see if I was okay. And, you know, now I'm back, and the only people who actually cared were the fans, and I owe it to them to go and show, like, you know, something that that is. And then you could either get into Triple H versus him for maybe SummerSlam or somewhere down the line, because I still think there's money. If we're going to see Triple because something that, you know, I didn't think we'd bring up, but I'll just throw this in here. Something that Vince said was that Triple H, as much as we all hate it at times, has signed a new three-year deal as an in-ring performer. Yeah. So he'll be wrestling. He may, he may only wrestle once a year, but he still will, for the next three years, and then I guess he said something of the idea that it will be basically like a handshake agreement if they want to do it after that, if he really wants to do it anymore. But for the next three years, we're going to see Triple H in the ring, you know, occasionally. And I yeah, still Triple think H is going nowhere. And I, maybe you disagree because you think he's an old man, but I still think there's money in Triple H... Versus Seth Rollins. I mean, he made a event at WrestleMania, so they they absolutely believe that that 
And he, I mean, he's going to, I mean, if he hasn't broken the record for main events, he will, um, for sure, because it's, it's, it's crazy how many main events he's, he's, uh, how many main events he's, he's had in, at WrestleMania. Um, by the way, George Springer just hit a grand slam. So I don't know if that affects you, but I just saw that on watching baseball. Um, I don't know. I think yeah, Triple okay. H has done well in his limited role. The Reigns match was the worst of his three matches that he had when he came back. Uh, I thought the Dolph Ziggler match and the Ambrose matches were really, really good. And he can still go. He's still pretty good. And he can cut a promo. What they do with him and how they, you know, bring him back and what they do with him will be uh, another thing. But, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he's still there. Um, they need a guy like him still there, a guy who can get over with the fans and he can play a, you know, a baby face or a heel pretty easily. So, yeah, I, I think it's totally worth it, uh, for him to be there. And, and, you know, I don't love it, but it is what it is. Like I said, there's, there's a lot of options for Seth Rollins when he comes back. You wonder, it was a freak injury. You wonder if he changes his style at all. I mean, we spoke about this because of the idea with the concussions, but, we always hope when guys get hurt that they change change things up a little bit. Do you think Seth Rollins is smart enough? It to, uh, maybe smart enough isn't the right word, but is he? You think he'll change his style a little bit, or do you think we're going to still see this balls to the wall, flying like a crazy man style even after the injury? I mean, I think he's going to be Seth Rollins. Um, his knee injury wasn't even a flying move. He was right. trying to do a power bomb, and his knee just kind of came down wrong. So I don't know. I don't know that we see him really change. I mean, that that that's his style. His style is kind of flying over the all over the ring. Uh, but he's a really really good athlete. So for the most part, you don't see this type of stuff happening. And it's not a head injury. You know, he can protect his knee a little bit better. So I don't know. I think he comes back, and I I think he'll be okay. I don't see him changing his style overwhelmingly, so I think he'll, he'll mostly be the same guy. All right, uh, moving on, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, John Cena, who we know is returning in uh, Memorial Day, <clears throat> as we get the You Can't See Me from Jay, because, you know, showing uh, how, how old he is, you know, right age group, yeah, uh, as I just did it, because I'm, I'm a fool. But uh, we know he's coming back on Memorial Day. He just did the uh, TV show with American Grit. He's coming off the injury. American Grit wasn't exactly a ratings bonanza to say any stretch. WWE didn't advertise it. I'm seeing him to have mostly a more limited schedule down the line with the success of Trainwreck. People really liked him in that. I didn't see Sisters, which he was also in, but he's getting a lot of positive buzz from Hollywood. I don't know if he's got a rock trajectory of you know being the next biggest star, but it looks like he's found a niche in these comedy movies. Where do you want to see him when he comes back? Do you want to see him right back into the main event to go for that 16-time world titles? You want to see him going back in, you know, the U.S. with that with that situation. Where do you want to see uh, Cena as he returns in a couple of weeks? I mean, I loved his role in enhancing talent and making them better, um, and kind of putting them over as much as we kind of ripped them with Kevin Owens. I mean, he put Kevin Owens on the map more so than with Bray Wyatt and some of the others. And a lot of that was Kevin Owens, to be honest with you, that he was that good. And a lot of it was Cena. I mean. That was Cena's best feud, Corey, in years, probably. Um, so I think he can continue that. And I think there's guys coming up from the pike who he can possibly have those feuds with. You know, the AJs, Balor comes back, 
you know, Joe, if he comes back at some point, um, they could rekindle the Kevin Owens feud again. So I think there's a ton of guys for him to feud with. I, I don't want to see him right off the bat go for the title. Um, but he is John Cena. So I'm, I would not be surprised if we see that. And, and now it's becoming interesting with Reigns. Because after he gets through with AJ, which I think the feud will pretty much be over after Extreme Rules, you know he's going to have a, a you know bunch of opponents to go against. He's going to have Cena, Rollins, um, but I don't see him losing the title anytime soon. So maybe we could see some type of Cena versus Reigns, but I think they're going to hold off on that because the fans hate both of them so much um, that, or probably Cena will get all the cheers. It'll be funny, but um, I think they'll probably stay away from Cena. Reigns for a while, and they'll bring Cena back to, you know, probably, I'm, I'm part, you know, this new era is exciting me, and I'm ready to take guys on, and, you know, kind of wrestle random new guys and have feuds. I, I don't see him challenging for a title when he returns. I see him having a feud with one of the younger guys. I can see that, and I, I actually like that. I mean, I actually like, we both really liked his work this past, uh, this past year in regards to the U.S., uh, Championship holding, he gave that title meaning, and I really think he did a good job with that title and making it mean something. And like you said with Kevin Owens, uh, do I expect him at some point to get 16 and possibly 17 title runs? Yeah, because that's just a natural order of things. But I, I, I'd like to see him come back kind of where he left. And I really do think with the injuries happening more and more, is the longest he's been out with an injury in quite a while. I think it's time to go and do a lesser schedule. You don't have to be a special attraction yet, but I don't. I don't think he needs to be on the road, you know, 200 days a year with going to all these house shows. I think he should go and limit some of it and figure out how that works. You know, I mean, the company's not dying without him. I mean, it's not doing great, but you know what? I think some guys have stepped up in his accent, absence. Now that's the question, right? Do they? limit his schedule a bit um or is it going to be full bore full go he's had like you said some successful movies but you know he's not there yet and he's always been a guy to talk about that he does not want to leave the company that he wants to stay with the company so i really could see either thing happening with him i do think his schedule might start to become a bit limited but i think we've got a while for that mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Randy Orton, who uh, has been out a while himself, has, just like Cena, has had some injuries over a while. He's getting up there in age. I think we all think when he comes back, he'll be in a couple of main events here and there. But I think he's going to be one of those higher mid-card guys who occasionally gets a shot at the title. Will hopefully maybe work with, you know, the Dean Ambroses, the, the uh, Sami Zayn's, you know, those type of guys to help build the future of the company. I mean, I don't see him going away anytime soon as a full-time guy, but I don't see him having the same role he had, you know, in years past. Yeah, I think he'll be a guy to, you know, help the mid-carters out, you know, have some good feuds. Every, you know, basically what you said, every now, I mean, that's kind of what his role was before he even got hurt. So I see him kind of carrying on a similar role. I think he is someone who could absolutely see a reduced schedule because his body's been beaten up over the years. Um, it looks to be, it looks like he might have some kind of chronic shoulder issues, um, or, or shoulder issues that are popping up that are now becoming chronic. So I do see him really, really scaling his schedule back. I think he's even said 
in interviews that he wants his schedule, um, uh, you know, turned back a little bit. So, uh, or reduced, I should say. So we'll see. But I, I, I think he comes back. He's a guy. Everyone loves him. Um, but he doesn't, you know, make a gigantic impact. Let's put it that way. Uh, and I think that I think he'd be a good mid card guy who, you know, if you put the maybe it would work the same way like with Cena. If you put the IC title on him at some point, you know that secondary title, he might be able to do with Cena. I'm not saying that a guy like Kevin Owens or Cesaro or these guys were in that space right now can't develop a title means something, but. What do you think of the idea of giving Orton one of those secondary titles and maybe be able to do the same thing that John Cena did with the U.S. title? Yeah, I mean, a, a feud with Orton and, uh, you know, a heel Orton and Sami Zayn. I mean, that would be fantastic, right? I think um, as much as we, you know, I know you're not a big Orton fan and you think he's a bit boring, he's still really good in the ring. And oh, I he's one of the best wrestlers Zane, in the company still, absolutely. Yeah, so him and Zayn would have some tremendous matches. Or if he's a babyface, you put him against Owens or... You maybe have a babyface, babyface feud with him and Cesaro. So there's so many guys that he can go against. Um, that yeah, I think it would. I think it'd give the IC title more prestige. Um, and uh, yeah, I would. I would really love to see that happening. And a guy I'd love to see him work with some point down the line: Stun Gun versus the RKO. Him versus Carl Anderson. I think would be some really good matches. And I think that would be a lot of fun. But that's some town down the road. I, first of all, I just want to say I love Carl Anderson. Like when they have AJ cutting promos, you see the look on his face. His timing is really good. He's funny. He's good on the mic. I think he's gonna be. And and, and I know people are gonna the, the IWC is gonna probably not like this. I think Gallows is holding him back. I think Anderson could be a singles competitor in WWE and be awesome just off the bat right now. I don't think he needs Gallows. I don't think he needs a bullet club. I think he could just be a guy. He, I think he's awesome. Um, but that's an aside. I, I agree with you. I'd love for them to eventually make him a singles and put him against an Orton or, you know, one of those types. Uh, the last guy that Mitch McMahon spoke about coming back in the next 30 days is Bray Wyatt. When he left before before the injury, it looked like they were turning him and the, the Wyatt family babyface. Before they left, we had them feuding with the League of Nations, which is now defunct, which could not happen soon enough. Uh, what do you think of Bray Wyatt coming back? Do you think he should st- stay with the idea of babyface? Do you think he should separate from the family? What do you What do you think they should do with him on his return? Should he be repackaged? Where do you What would you want to see them do with him? Now we talk about kind of stables. I mean, that's a case where you could have Bray Wyatt against. The club, that's what they're calling them now. Oh, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, But, you know, you could have a Bray Wyatt and the family against the club after this whole thing with Reigns is gone. Um, They, I mean, they even teased before Bray got hurt him trying to challenge for the WWE title at some point. So you could even have a Bray versus Reigns feud for the title. So I think they can go either way with it. Um... I do see him coming back as a babyface because that's kind of where they were going with him before. Um, and, you know, the the other two there, Strowman and Rowan, they need him because they haven't been on TV since they got hurt. So they, they need him back. So I do see them, uh, him coming back and it being as stable as it was before. 
Now, this is totally off base here, but let me know. What, we all know he's coming back in the next 30 days. Vince said that. But do you think they – and I, unfortunately, I don't know how long he's out for. But do you think they should have kept him off TV until Luke Harper was ready to return due to the fact that Luke Harper is really the only other guy in that stable that actually can work? Yeah, I mean – I know it's a long time to be off TV with all of them, but I mean, so, I mean, he has a torn ACL. I mean, right? That's the same amount of time. So that's six months. It's a long time. It's too long. That, that that's too long of a time period to keep him off TV. Um, and when Harper comes back, he'll he'll join right in the mix and, and he'll be fine. Or maybe you know, maybe if Harper when he comes back, do something different, change up his character, break away from Bray. I mean, I'd love to see a Bray versus Harper feud when Harper comes back. That would be interesting, absolutely. Uh, now, this is something I find interesting. All four of these, I mean, more than three, and Bray's only been gone for a little while, and he's nowhere near the top of the card right now. But since Rollins, Orin, and Cena have been gone, other guys have had to step up. Guys have gone into the main event. have had guys come up, you know, like the Sami Zayn, Cesaro now is getting a little bit more of a rub. Unfortunately, when you have three, four returning guys coming back who are going to be in that main event, like I said, why we'll see, but that picture, someone's got to fall back down. Who do you think has the best, I'm sorry, I guess, how do I put this nicely? Who do you think is going to get forced to go back down to the lower card or not being in that main event picture anymore? Who, who do you think gets the short end of the stick here? Because, I mean, as much as we'd all like to say there's a ton of room, we got three hours, you know that McMahon and the writers focus on a couple of guys. So is it a Sami Zayn? Is it Cesaro is going to be put back? I mean, I think Owens, I think has shown enough on the microphone and in ring and everything that he's at that level. But who do you think gets, unfortunately, sent back to a lower level on the card? Well, I mean, one thing we could have, you know, uh, kind of a process of elimination because there's a chance Jericho might leave soon. Sure. So um, I could definitely see him leaving soon, which will eliminate one spot. Okay. Which it would be a shame if he left because he's been so good. But, you know, we could absolutely see that happen. So, you know, he could leave. Um, I think Ambrose and, and Owens are not going anywhere. Uh, I think Z I think that the IC title will probably be similar to where it is now. You know, I think it'll be the Zane, Cesaro. It'll just be depending on what guy they put in that slot, what upper mid-card or, or main event level guy do they make or an IC champ? And I think even if they do, all those guys, Cesaro, Miz, Zane, will still be in the mix. So I don't see any of those guys going away too soon, um, but I think maybe the IC, comes, IC title becomes less, of a, less important unless one of those guys gets the belt, if that makes sense. So they won't, they won't necessarily... They'll still be fighting for the IC title, just not in the lofty position that they're that those guys are in right now. Okay, um, I I think a guy like a Sami Zayn could be could have a little. Pro I'm not saying he's going to be back in NXT by any stretch, but I could see him getting a little bit forgotten about. I think that you know it's not a good sign. Like with a guy like a Baron Corbin, who's you know took like three tries to finally beat Dolph Ziggler, who doesn't really seem to be over. I, I mean, and I guess I'm taking this from another I think angle. They like, I think they like Corbin, Corey. I mean, I, I think they like him. 
Well, if they like him, I don't know what they think of Apollo Crews because uh, he, is he going to face somebody not in, you know, the social outcasts or stardust at some point? Uh, but, I mean, I think it is going to be interesting on who goes – because there's only a limited amount of spots at the top. I mean, at some point, Brock Lesnar's going to come back, and at some point, they're going to realize they got to, you know, that they have dates that he can use for this year. I mean, who, you know, maybe Samoa Joe could come up in the near future. We got Finn Balor, who, you know, there are rumors about coming up. If they have more people coming up, and you know, we're going to have releases and different things, it's going to be interesting to see all these people fighting for, you know, those small pieces of cheese at the top of the card. You know? Yeah. It will be. Um, I, I think the shows are... I mean, people have had their complaints, but I think for the most part, the shows have flowed pretty well. I love what they did with AJ and Reigns um, this week on, on Raw. I think it was one of the best um, segments slash matches and as far as building up. And it also shows you that, you know, we ripped the WWE, but they don't need Cena there for the show to still be good or Orton or Bray. Um, or Rollins even. I think they've done a nice job with the guys that are there, but, you know, we may not see Zam- Sami Zayn getting three segments on Raw. He might only get one segment. So it still might be a good match, but it might not be a 20-minute match. It might be a 12-minute match. So I think those are the type of changes that, that we're going to see. I could, I see your point there. Um, just want to go and let people know. We They always say we should do this at the beginning of the show, but I always forget. But uh, let everybody know if they want to check us out. On the Twitter machine, we have at WorkshootPod for the show and at Paladin808 for my personal. Uh, we have, you know, our Facebook fan page now, or group page, which is uh, people are kind of getting into. Uh, just put up the uh, latest article from Rolling Stone with uh, Damien Sandow by uh, Aaron Oster, I believe that's how it's pronounced, who uh, we're looking to possibly have on the show in the next couple of weeks. Been put out a feeler out to him. He just has to look at his schedule. But uh, we're continuing that process of building the show and on the air and on social media. So feel free to be part of that. Uh, Jay, neither one of us, as far as I know, got a chance to see it this weekend. But ROH had their latest uh, War of the World show. We both were a little bit critical going in to the fact of the build. Because neither one of us saw the show. I can't really talk about what happened match by match, but Bobby Fish is the new champion. We'll see how that goes, see if that maybe turns to him versus Kyle O'Reilly or something down the line. But the big thing that happened, and the big subject I want to talk about next, is the Bullet Club. Going into the show, Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks, had said there'd be a new member. Uh, main event, Adam uh, Adam Cole Bebe. Uh, entered into the picture. He's the newest member of the Bullet Club. And then on Monday, we had a, a title change for the tag team titles with the Addiction beating War Machine out of nowhere. I don't know why that happened. And we also had uh, the hangman, Adam Page, joining the Bullet Club. And this brings up the idea of, do we have too much Bullet Club? We could talk about ROH itself in a minute, but we've got the WWE has their something, The Club, which is a terrible name. We've got New Japan, which is the, the original Bullet Club with, you know, the Gorillas of Destiny and Ad, uh, Cody Hall and, everyone, you know, the Young Bucks and everything. We have a smaller version with the Elite, with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. And now in ROH, we've got this stable of the, uh, the Bullet Club with, like I said, with Page and Cold now. Basically, 
Is there too much bull club? And are we? Is it just running yeah. this gimmick into the ground? So, one, I was thinking about this as I as you know AJ as I was watching Raw again. So, and listen, I love Too Sweden. <laughs> I'll be honest. With you. All my Facebook pictures, you know. Uh, my, my fiance and I now, well, I, I call it my BTB, my bride to be. So my BTB and I, you know, just too sweet and all over the place last weekend. So I think it is kind of cool that this kind of goofy NWO spinoff is now in three major companies. Spinoff it's kind of cool. <laughs> What'd you say? Spinoff? Or ripoff. I, I mean, I know that they, well, I know that they. You know what? Kevin, Kevin Nash has totally endorsed it, and I think uh, so has you know Scott Hall. So I, I'll say spinoff. So they've got this goofy spinoff, basically, and it is now turned into this like crazy thing. So one, I do think it's kind of cool that it's in three different companies, including the WWE, which you know, and, and it's so funny with these guys, Gals and Anderson. The New Japan chain. What do they know about New Japan? It's just, it's very interesting. And the Bullet Club is why Gallows and Anderson are there and why AJ is there. I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. Let, let's, let's call it what it is. It's why the New Japan World subscriptions in, in, in America is doing what it's doing. I think most of the uh, subscriptions from New Japan World are in America, are, you know, the United States. Um, so, Part of it is incredible what they've been able to do, what this has kind of all turned into. I think in the WWE, it's fine because I think that they're not killing us with it. I think in New Japan, it's okay, but like this Gorilla the Destiny, they're awful. So that's also part of it for me. Um, but I like Omega being that guy who takes the lead, kind of Omega and the Young Bucks. So I, I, I've enjoyed that. The problem might be the Ring of Honor stuff. So you have the Bullet, the Bullet Club there now. Every now and then Omega makes a return to, you know, Ring of Honor. He does stuff, you know, mostly in New Japan, but is on the Ring of Honor every now and then. And you have the Young Bucks who are firmly implanted as, as Ring of Honor, Honor talent who also go over to New Japan, but they're part of the roster. You do need a couple of singles competitors who are main event or upper main event level guys who are members of the Bullet Club. I don't think it could just be Nick and Matt Jackson because they're a tag team. So it makes sense. What is this going to be, though? Right? Like, what is what is it going to be? Is it going to be some stable where they run over everyone and now Jay Lethal is going to be a babyface after being the best heel maybe in all of pro wrestling over the last year, Sands, you know, Rollins since he was hurt. I mean, so you've got the, and you know, Owens you could definitely throw in there too. So you have Lethal, who's been one of the best heels in wrestling. So now he's not a heel anymore. So he's going to fight the bullet. Like, where is this going? You know, I, I guess that, that'd be my question. And why, why, why is Paige joining them? Why is Cole joining them? What is that going to do? Who, so, who's, if they, who's joining? Or Paige and, and Adam Cole. Who? Excuse me? Who? Adam Cole, 
Oh, baby. <laughs> Every time I do that, you get me. So, I do you uh, so you know, Adam Cole, baby, and, and Paige, now if they really, and listen, Cole, baby, is great at cutting a promo, and we know that. So I think he'll do a good job, but they've really got to explain why they're doing this. And the other issue, Corey, is we're, we're not going to know what any of this means for a while. Because they can't put their show, their shows are, we don't know what, what they're going to show. Are they just going to show preliminary matches this week? Is that going to be their show? They literally had this potentially company changing angle and we're going to have to wait several weeks for them to, for us to figure out what they're doing with it. So that's going to be frustrating for us, obviously. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that it could be cool. It could be good. You're right. It might be a bit too much. I think Ring of Honor does some things well, but I think in terms of these stables, they've struggled with them. They've struggled introducing them. They've struggled executing them. They've struggled with the the whole storyline end of it. And a lot of it, as we've said time and time again, is their TV and how they roll their TV out. So, you know, I don't know. I, I think you're right. It might be a little bit too much Bullet Club. But I think most of that is Ring of Honor, and uh, we'll see if they can kind of explain what they're doing here. I mean, let, let's not forget, you know, about a year and a half ago, we had the wonderful stable storyline known as Scum. I mean, they don't, this doesn't always usually end well. Um, let me take it from a couple of points here. One, I think that I, I love New Japan. I've loved what they've done over time with the Bullet Club, weaving them in and out of being relevant. I mean... You have guys in the Bullet Club that matter, like Kenny Omega and the Bucks. You have guys like, you know, uh, the Underboss, who I, at this point, really means nothing. You know, he's got his slate. You got, you know, Cody Hall, who at some point hopefully will mean something if he's still there by the time WWE knows he's ready and then he comes over. But I'm I'm hoping, you know, the, the club... It's so terrible. Turns to something more. Um, I think that the ROH thing is very interesting. I don't like the idea of the this Bullet Club becoming a major thing there. I thought the idea of Omega and the Bucks being the elite, I thought, was something cool. Maybe if you wanted to add Adam Cole to the elite as a guy who can be there when Omega has other bookings, that's fine. And it's nothing against Adam Page. I'm sorry, Bebe. But... Um, I just don't know how Adam Page really works into this. But one thing if uh, Court Bauer mentioned from MLW Radio is that this is New Japan's decision. Guys who are in the Bullet Club are New Japan's decision, as far as he's been told. And if that means that Adam Cole Bebe has a chance to be in the G1 this year, sign me up. I may not watch ROH TV, but I'm watching the G1 with Adam Cole facing, you know, Shibata and, you know... Naito and other people this year. I'll be more than happy to see that. That's not saying that's going to happen. But, you know, you had Michael Elkin last year as part of it. If Adam Colbebe or Roderick Strong is part of the G1 or Jay Lethal, God forsake, is in it, that, you know, that makes me quite happy. But, um, like I said, I'm not going to blame ROH saying that, it ha- you know, that this might have been their decision or not. But New Japan and ROH, like I've said in the past, it really feels like for major parts of the year, ROH is just New Japan East, you know? And I don't know what I'm watching at times. Am I watching 
ROH, the ROH, or am I watching, you know, New Japan just taking over ROH and being the reason why people care about them? You know, I mean, I love the Briscoes. I really, I'm starting to like War Machine. I mean, I'm still not in love with Hanson, but I think Roe is really good. I like ACH, you know, I, I love the uh, Red Dragon. But when I think of ROH, the first thing I think about is New Japan. I don't think of ROH. I mean, yes, I, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I think that's, I think you're taking it too far. I mean, when I think of ROH, the first thing I think of is Shay Lethal. That's true. Because um, he's been so good. And I think other than when they have these New Japan events, I think for the most part, Ring of Honor is Ring of Honor. I think there's issues within them, and I think the issues when they have these shows. They seem to spend more time putting over um, New Japan guys than their own guys, but that—that's you know I, I don't know. That's, a, that's just kind of their their deal, and I don't know why that is. That's the agreement they made with New Japan. So to a certain extent, they are. You're right. The impact that New Japan has on Ring of Honor is not the same way, same impact that Ring of Honor has with New Japan. You know, they don't combine events like this. They have you know, New Japan events, and they'll throw a couple of Ring of Honor guys in there, and they'll usually lose, and that's what they do. You know, so you're right. I mean, um, a Ring of Honor guy, you know, but they, they did have Red Dragon were the tag team champs in, in Ring of Honor, in uh, New Japan. So they, they will kind of give, you know, the kingdom were the champions. So they, they'll give Ring of Honor guys their due. Um, I just have a lot of problems with their TV, and I need this explained to me, why he's joining the Bullet Club, what the Bullet Club are going to be, and how they're going to be different in Ring of Honor than in New Japan. Like, what they, they were, in New Japan, they were a thing, right? They were, you know, these Americans taking over and F these the Japanese wrestlers, and we're going to do our own thing, we're going to speak American, we're going to disrespect their culture. Um in Ring of Honor, what does that what does that mean for Ring of Honor? I guess I guess we'll see. And as far as Cole being in the G one, listen, Cole's one of my top five favorite guys going right now. So if he ends up in the G one, you know that'd be fantastic. I, I'd love it. Um, with Nakamura not there, with Abushi not being there, I mean those are a couple of slots that are going to be available. So I do suspect one or two Ring of Honor guys definitely being involved. That's cool. And let's not forget, when it comes to the, the Bullet Club, bef- I mean, who knows if it would have ever actually happened or not. But TNA, you know, was in a serious talks, at least, with, you know, uh, AJ and Anderson and Gallows to go there. So there was the idea of TNA having the Bullet Club there also. So, I mean, it's gone Bullet Club crazy. And the people who are really making out like bandits is J- New Japan with uh, all the shirts that you see. I own a Bullet Club shirt, you know, so I'm just as bad as everyone else, and that's going, uh, it's going into the pockets of you know New Japan. So they're the ones that are really making out when it comes to all this New Japan stuff. Uh, Jay, any more thoughts on uh, the uh, the Bullet Club before we move on to uh, Extreme Rules? I'm good. Let's let's move on to Extreme Rules. All right. Uh, by the way, in two weeks, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, a week actually, a week uh, from tomorrow. One Jesus. one more raw, yeah. One more raw before uh, before that, but uh, Extreme Rules, our next pay-per-view. It looks like we've got a couple of matches already in place. We've got, you know, the submission match for the for the women. We've got 
AJ versus um, Roman Reigns 2, Extreme Rules. I'm still not sure what an Extreme Rules match is at Extreme Rules. I mean, I'm just guessing anything goes. You got the four-way for the IC title. We've got um, the tag team title match. I'm guessing the way things are going, we'll have the Usos versus uh, Gallows and Anderson. What did, what have you thought of the lead-up for this? And then with that, you can get into how much you liked uh, what they did this past week with AJ and um, and Reigns. Yeah, I kind of talked about that earlier on the show. I, I enjoyed it very, very, very much. Um, I, I love the idea, you know, there was so much interaction between these guys and so much battling and fighting and beating each other up. Um, you're also seeing a lot of intensity from Reigns, which I like a lot, too. Um, he's not doing this, you know, making fun of AJ. I mean, he's really taking them seriously. And I love the thing they did with the chair and uh, kind of teasing AJ, giving them, you know, the the Styles Clash and then doing the forearm and ended up not hitting him or touching him at all. Um, and then how they've thrown out Gallows and Anderson in the mix with the Usos. I think mean, they've done a nice job there, too. So. I think the build for Extreme Rules with Anderson and Gallows and the Usos, I think it's been really good. I've really enjoyed it. Listen, and this is the other thing, Corey. I've been impressed with AJ and the mic. Like, his backstage segments have been really good. You know, he's, he's not out there, you know, like Ric Flair cutting promos, but, you know, he's, he's passable. And for a guy who couldn't talk, and I did note this on Twitter, at work, shoot pod. For a guy who couldn't talk, he's doing an awfully good job. And they, they're giving him a lot of segments. I mean, he's having two or three segments every Raw where he's got to talk a little bit. And not, that's not even including SmackDown. So he's really, really doing a good job, um, you know, with these vignettes and cutting promos. And I think the buildup has been has been fun. I've, I've really enjoyed this feud, actually. And what what what's your thoughts with a week away Last when when I previewed um, payback, I thought my interest level for payback was an extremely high seven, and it turned out to be I think most of the card really uh, paid off. What's your interest level for Extreme Rules? I mean, I'm up around around a seven again. I mean, I'm really interested to see what they do. I mean, I don't know if they can follow in ring as good as it was last month, but I think they've built on stories, and I think it's really working right now. I agree. Um, I think, you know, the only thing that you could say that's annoying is that, okay, here we go. They're rehashing all these feuds again. So you could say that that's an issue, but I mean, it is what it is. They had a pay-per-view three weeks after they had the last one. So they're going to have to have many of the same matches. So I think that is the one thing where people could say it's an issue, but the way they've built up Reigns and Styles, and listen, we know Styles is not going to win the WWE World Heavyweight title. I mean, I think we understand that, but... I think they've built this guy as a main event level guy for sure over these last couple of months. And I think not having all these other guys on the show, the Cena's, the Rollins, the Braves, as much as we like them or, or hate them, it's been nice that Reigns and Styles have been able to be such a big part of the show. Um, I even think they did a nice job with Stephanie and Shane not making them such a big part of the show as well. Um, and so I, I think it's been a great build. I'm around a seven or an eight for sure. And I think it's going to be a fun pay-per-view. Do you think it's a one-card show again like last month? Or do you think they build up anything else good enough, in your opinion, that you're actually interested in that too? 
I'm, I'm interested in the women's match. I'm interested in the IC match. And I'm interested in the world title match. And even Ambrose and Jericho, uh, not as much, but I'm interested in that match uh, a little bit as well. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of matches on this card that, that should make it a very, very good show. I, I agree. Uh, the two other things on Raw I wanted to bring up quickly. One, if you if you uh, blinked, I guess you mostly missed it, but uh, Dana Brooks made her de- debut. Uh, first of all, first of all, I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stop you there for a second. What Emma and Brooke were doing in NXT, as they had good chemistry um, when they first paired them together, it was kind of weird. No one knew why they were doing it, but. After a couple of months, they really developed chemistry, the two of them. They're funny. They're, they're, they're really good heels, and I love their act at NXT. They tried to do the same thing with Eva Marie and um, uh, with the Rock's cousin there, the girl there, the big the big girl. Nia Jax. Nia Jax, there you go. And their chemistry was not nearly as good. So I'm glad Dana Brooks there. She's not great in the ring, but she's a very good heel. And I think her and Emma together will be a nice kind of tandem to go against the Becky Lynch's and the Sasha Banks's and the no, Natalia's. So I'm glad Dana Brooks there for sure. Uh, I would agree with you. It's going to be interesting what they do with them, if, uh, you know, ha- how that all turns out. Uh, like to see what she, I think she has a match on SmackDown, which I didn't get you to see yet. With, um, I think, Becky Lynch. I might be wrong, so I can't say for sure. But the other thing that was an eye-opening thing was uh, Big Cass. Uh, we didn't get the payoff at the end with an actual match. But I really think he shined. And I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing for Enzo in the long run. Because, you know, a lot of people thought Enzo was going to be his crutch because he couldn't talk. But I think Big Cass held his own. On Monday with Jericho, I mean, Jericho could uh, have the timing and makes a lot of people look good in the ring and also on the mic. But it felt like everything came pretty easy to him. Thought his chemistry in the, the backstage segment, you know, with How You Doing, with Renee, I thought worked really well. I thought the opening segment worked really well. I wonder if this, how, what, you know, with the guy being not officially seven feet tall for real, but being a big guy, and that's what, you know, McMahon usually looks for. I think that could be a bright future for him. I think he's still a little green at points in the ring. But, you know, he could do something. He definitely needs work in the ring still. He's green. Supposedly Vince likes him, which is not a surprise because he's almost seven feet tall. Um, I, I watched him the first time or live, and, he, you know, his promo was really good. Watching it the second time, I wasn't as impressed, really? but I still think he did a nice job for a guy who we didn't think could talk at all. He did a nice job. So, yeah, I mean, he's green in the ring, but he's a big guy. He's got pretty good charisma. He's been talking a lot. Maybe there's, you know, maybe there's a chance this guy can do something. Um, you know, some of the fans were, so the crowd I thought was awesome on Monday. It was one of the best crowds since WrestleMania, in my opinion. Nebraska, but wow. They, yeah, oh yeah, I love the crowd. I love, I love that they kind of. There was only one thing I didn't like. They were kind of chanting "Where's Enzo?" to Cass, and I thought that was kind of, you know, give the guy his due. Um, but I thought, other than that, the crowd was really, really spectacular on Monday. But Big Cass, maybe the guy's got a shot. I mean, I don't think he'll ever be WWE World Heavyweight Champion, but 
Not everybody no, does. I mean, he, he's, he's going to, you know, they're going to give him a, a run here with Enzo out for a while. So good for him. You know, take the ball and let's see what he could do with it. But one thing I want to get your opinion on before we move on, and we're going at a lot of good subjects this week, but are you a little, not annoyed, but a, a little taken aback by how much they are showing the injury to Enzo week after week? Or is it due to the fact that he's not as hurt as we thought it was at first? It's playing to the storyline and it's fine. He has a concussion. This is a, this is a, I mean, I know he's called sports entertainment, but it's a sport where, I mean, it's a, a sport where the outcomes are predetermined, but it's still a sport. These guys are still athletes and they get hurt. And I think the WWE is putting out there, hey, kid, don't try this at home because this is the type of crap that could happen to you. This is, this is the type of unfortunate injury that could happen. So I, I think it's, he didn't break his neck. He didn't. You know, he didn't pass away. He's still with us. Sure. It was an injury, and injuries happen. If it was a leg injury, would would be saying the same thing. I don't, I don't know if we would be questioning it. So I think it's perfectly fine with what they're that they're showing it a lot, and you know, they're they're making it a thing and they're throwing it in storylines. I think that's what wrestling is. But these guys do get hurt. It's a that's a thing for sure. Absolutely. And uh, if there's anything from Raw that we didn't get a chance to cover this week that you want to let us know about, you can let us know. On Twitter, at WorkshootPod, at Palinate Wait, or on the uh, the group page on on Facebook, which we'll talk about more at the end of the show. Uh, there's just one thing, last thing on Raw. Yeah. The line of, of the of, of Raw was the New Day. As a as a uh, black man myself, what New Day said with the blood villains, they're for, they're from an era that wasn't so kind to us. Cell phone users, they were really the New Day was really really funny, um, and I think. You know, they, they're still figuring it out, the being baby faces and all that stuff. But, man, they're still they're still so great, man. They're, they're, they're still uh, – you can really say they're one of the MVPs of, of Raw over the last year or so because they've had to carry that show through some rough times and injuries. So. Oh, that's, I agree with you. Oh, you just reminded me. Quick thoughts. How many weeks are we going to have to deal with the shining stars before they're back and uh, n- nobody caring again? Is that what they're going to call them? That's the shining like. stars. Yeah, that's uh, Epico and Primo. How, you know, not to be a jerk, but have they talked about Puerto Rico's economy? It's not doing well. Sure, it's doing really bad. The education system is absolutely a disaster. So, you know, I mean, it is nice there. I get it. I'm not trying to smash Puerto Rico, but I mean, that's their gimmick. Is that the, so? The gimmick is that they are from Puerto Rico. That that's what we're doing now. There you go. Enough said. Um, quickly, follow up from last week. Uh, we had the No Moss match. This week we had Graver Consequences, the uh, rematch for the uh, Trios titles. Talking about Lucha Underground, of course. Uh, any quick thoughts on uh, Lucha Underground this week? Anything you liked, you didn't like? I know we're running a little short on time this week, so next sure. week. Sure. We'll I mean, as I, as I continue to say, Matanza continues to not impress me. I thought the match was slow. I thought comparing that match to Grave Consequences with Phoenix and uh, Mill last year, I thought that match was so much better. And I think the fact that we have not seen Phoenix, now King Corno is just coming around. We're not seeing Pentagon Jr., but we are seeing Matanza, you know, slowly walking around the ring every week. I thought the match was not good. I thought it was really slow. Um, I 
I, I didn't think it was great. The trail smash was, was good storyline wise. They had to tell, tell a story, but I just, I, I'm not impressed with Matanz at all. And I think, I think he's the reason why I'm not enjoying, he's one of the reasons why I'm not enjoying this season as much. And you know what? I was really high on him when I first saw him. I'm starting to get onto your way. I mean, I, I, he's very athletic. He does suplexes, this and that. I've liked the storylines that are going on this year. And for those who, who know me personally, that's usually not my strong suit where I'm usually the more in-ring guy. But one of the, I think this was by far the weakest episode of the season. I think you would agree with that, Jay? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think Matanza just needs to be better. He just needs the storyline's fine, but he needs to be another guy. You know what I mean? Like he needs to be another guy. You have these guys, King Corno, who I know they highlight at the end, Phoenix, Pentagon. These guys are awesome. They are amazing. And we've got this guy lumbering around the ring, you know, wrestling not great matches. I just, you know, I, I, I don't know. And I, I think that hurts. I think that hurts the show. And I mean, it is what it is. They're going to keep it going with them. But I thought last season was so compelling because you had so many good guys there. So you know, so I don't know. I don't know. I also feel like they're trying to squeeze too much. There's so many new guys there. They're trying to squeeze everyone in. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But I, I was not excited at all by that match. They they could show Matanza like once a month, and I'd be good. Or not at all. There you go. And the, and the other thing I guess like to bring up, all of these uh, medallion matches have been, you know, not super long, but they've been, you know, a good amount of time. And then you yeah. have a three-way with who I like, I think, more than Jay does. I like Joey Ryan a lot. Cortez Kennedy, I think, has worked. Is it right? Cortez Kennedy, I think it is? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he may play. He, I'm maybe thinking of the guy who used to play for Seattle. But Yeah, uh, I, think you, I think you are. Something Cortez, Cortez and Mr. Cisco. Mr. I think both of them have worked well this season. And to give them like a minute and a half to uh, have their medallion match kind of fell a little flat to me. I like that Joey Ryan's in this match. And I guess we're getting the Gift of the Gods match next week, which will be interesting. Jeez. Do you have a, do you have a pick on who's going to win that? Uh, I, have to, I don't remember all the – I mean, there's seven medallions. Uh, so I – is got, King Corno uh, one of them? Is King Corno? No. no, we got uh, Sexy Star. We've got Chavo, Chavo, who somehow came back. Tecano, te- the Tex, Tex- uh, the Mexican. Tejano, yeah. uh, we have. Uh, we haven't Cage. seen. We've barely seen this season too. Right, and no longer Cage because Chavo stole the medallion. I guess we got Joey Ryan. Uh, we've got the, the remaining member of the Disciples of Apocalypse, or Mil Mortes, whatever they're calling them, Disciples of Death. And I think there's one other, which I can't think of off the top of my head. But anybody, who do you think actually gets uh, the medallion? Oh, gosh. They, they don't have a lot of main event level guys. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to go with Chavo. I think that they're playing a story there. I- I, I don't see. I don't think they're gonna do that because I think Cage is gonna come out and destroy Chavo, leading to a match with Chavo and Cage. That's good. So point. I don't think he be the guy. Um, you think they go maybe you, Sexy Star? Maybe you know, it's kind of a throwing throwing crap to the wind. Maybe Sexy Star. Um, I think whoever wins this match will not win the Lucha Underground Championship, though. Yeah, I, I, I would. Think, I would I agree see, with that. Yeah. Right. So 
Yeah, so that's why you can give it to a sexy star. Um, and I, I, you know what? I'm going to say her. You know, they've really made women, this women look strong in this company. I think after Sexy Star's match a couple of weeks ago, you know, why the hell not? We don't have a lot of time. You just brought up something that we can talk about for 20 minutes. But we'll bring up, I'll just put this idea in your head. Do you buy a woman being the, or Sexy Star in general, being the champion and beating Matanza as something that's viable and something that actually would seem like something that would, you know, in this world, something that would be believable. Me personally, I don't see that. But, you know, we, but, but, but hold on. But wait a minute. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I know we don't have a lot of time left, but we got rock star sputters, 130 pounds, wrestling in main events in TNA. And we're like, oh, my God, rock star Spuddy's so great. Why can't we have a woman come out there and do that? Like, to me, it's, yeah. He's a small competitor. Sexy Star is a small competitor. Does she have a chance? No. But Phoenix hasn't had a chance. Pentagon Jr. hasn't had a chance. Nobody's had a chance against Matanza. And I think maybe she loses the match the next week. Who the hell? Maybe she'd lose the Gift of God's title the next week. Who the hell knows? But I think it's. I think it would be awesome for her to win. And yeah, I don't think she'd have a chance. But we don't think AJ has a chance against Reigns in a couple of, a couple of days. So, I don't know, like, what are we doing here? We, we we know that she doesn't have a chance. So I don't think it's like, oh my God, she doesn't have a chance, so we can't be invested in this. Because I think if if we've seen anything with Lucha Underground, they've done a good job of investing us in matches that we, you know, we thought this person would win or that person would win. And, you know, we'll continue to talk about Lucha Underground if we both get a chance to see it every week because it's, you know, one of those shows that actually means something every week. But uh, quickly, uh, NXT, we found out that there's going to be the rematch for the title. We'll see um, Joe versus uh, Finn Balor at the next uh, NXT special, I guess, in a couple of weeks. Do you think it was the right decision? Do you think we should have just saw Ballard go up to the main roster. How do you feel about, what is this, like match number five versus the two? Everyone have been a great match, but what do you think? Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, it's June, like, 8th, right, or June 6th or something? Somewhere near. So it's, coming up pretty, so it's coming up pretty soon, early June. And I think that's kind of the prelude for him to, you know, to go to the main roster. Which so one? They get another they get another NXT special out of it. And then after that, he goes to the main roster. So um, I think it's fine. Uh, I, I like what they did at the end and the fire that Finn Balor is showing. Um, I think the feud's been really good. So, yeah, I, I, I don't have any problem with it. Which one, Joe or Balor, who's going up to the main roster? So I think whoever loses is the guy. Well, we'll talk about that more when we get there, but quick thought. Do you think we get a – is it Balor or Joe that goes up to the main yeah, roster? Yeah, I think Balor's going to the main roster, and I think he's going to do something with this Bullet Club, and I could see AJ against Balor for control of, of the club, whatever they want to call it. I or, or or Finn Balor comes up and they just totally attack AJ and beat him up and then he goes against Balor and so I I, I see Balor coming up to the main roster. It makes sense. He's even um, his interviews have been interesting. So um, Balor's interviews is real life interviews. You know he talked about how he wanted to stay in NXT and make NXT a brand and this big huge thing. Whereas now his interviews are kind of like, well, I should have been in the main roster like a long time ago. So I don't know if, you know, I could easily be reading way too much into this, but 
that could be a prelude for him coming up on the main roster. All these other guys have come up. My time hasn't been, and that's why I'm, you know, beating the crap out of everyone. AJ came up right from, you know, from, you know, New Japan to the main roster, and I had to struggle, and now my boys are going to come beat you up. I mean, there's a natural storyline that can go with him and AJ and, and guys like that. So we'll see. It will be interesting. And something I, I'm sure a lot of people thought we would have spoken about earlier in the show, but had a lot of things to cover this week. But uh, the big story from last week, was Damian Sandow and Wade Barrett and others being released. This week we had the Brooklyn Brawler, which is an odd one. Christian being released from his the wrestling part of his contract. There's rumors that Lillian Garcia, even though she's saying she'll be on Raw, could be gone shortly. Uh, but the big thing was uh, Aaron Oster, who we brought up earlier in the show, did an interview with Damian Sandow, his first one since departing the company. Uh, any quick takeaways from that article that uh, you wanted to bring up? First of all, he seems like an awesome guy, Sandow does. I mean, his interview, he really, really spoke highly of the company. He didn't bury anyone. He didn't make anyone look bad. He was really, I mean, he seemed like a real, real classy guy. Um, so I really enjoyed that part of the interview. Um, I, I, I was really glad that Sandow got he did get chance. I mean, with that Mizdow thing, I mean, people loved him and were going crazy for him. You know, he kind of noted that that was as important as winning any title, the fact that the fans liked me and whatever. Uh, in terms of his future, I think he kind of can... These guys always say they're going to go to acting and they end up wrestling on the independent scene. So, I mean, Which I don't know. Is. But, I mean, he's got a match with Cole Cabana already lined up. So Yeah, so, but I could see him doing the Ring of Honor, um, you know, independent... You know, I could see him going that route. I could see him back in the WWE at some point. I really could. So I think for now, he takes his time. He enjoys his life. He maybe does a little bit of acting, does the independent wrestling thing for a little while. And then, you know, maybe he comes back at some point. I'd love to see him back because I you know, I think he's absolutely fantastic. What you, what what'd you think of the interview? I thought it was a, I thought it was a good a good interview. I mean, uh, Oyster has done a, quite a few good interviews lately for uh, uh, for Rolling Stone. He also did the interview with Katrina from Lucha Underground, which you know got me to notice him in the first place. Um, I think it was a good interview. I mean, I don't know if we learned anything spectacularly new, uh, but it was. He seemed like a very humble guy who went and was really proud of everything he did. Uh, it was interesting. I thought the, the process. Uh, he kind of knew that this might be coming, his release, but yeah. it wasn't like something that was this big discussion ahead of time because one of the questions that Oyster asked him was, how, how did you find out, basically? And I thought it was interesting, the idea that, you know, he basically called and that was it. It wasn't like a big thing where an exit interview, like a real job or anything, you know, it was kind of like, yeah. your time is up. I'm cool that, you know, I had this opportunity. And he's moving on. So I, I did find that interesting, you know, looking at things, you know. Yeah, I agree. And the fact that he said, you know, he was thinking about the caller on the other end, having to call somebody and tell them that they're fired. Right. Um, he just he has a really, really good perspective and is a really smart guy. Um, he's like my kind of guy. Like, I, 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 I enjoyed how he really um, 
seem really, really classy. Because, you know, of course, some of these wrestlers, they get out and they're bitter and they're doing these shoot interviews and they're burying people. And we run for that, right? We're like, oh, my God, look at who said what about. But you know what? It's really cool that this guy came out and said, you know what? It wasn't on them. It wasn't on anyone. It just was what it was. And it was time to move on from everybody's sake. And I had a great time. And I think if you're the WWE, I think they'd be stupid not to bring him back at some point. I really do. A guy like that in the locker room who's that good of a guy, who's good in the ring and good in the mic, I I think they absolutely should bring him back at some point. Agreed. Uh, I think we've covered a lot of things this week. I mean, I'll bring up something, a last topic, when we're after our usual plugs. But, uh, Jay, I think we've reached a point where uh, you can once again let people know about our Twitter, Facebook, and how people can hear us and never miss an episode. Absolutely. So, um we are on iTunes and Stitcher. So iTunes, just type in Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Or on Stitcher, type in the Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast so it's a little bit different. Um, and, you know, that way you never miss an episode. Corey and I are on Twitter. Um, we are at Worked Shoot Pod, and Corey is at Paladin808. Um, if you want to go to our website to check out our podcast, blogtalkradio.com backslash worked shoot podcast. So, uh, you can go to our website. We always, you know, all the podcasts that we have are on there as well. Also our Facebook page and our Facebook group. Facebook group is really where we try to interact with you guys more. You guys can post articles. You can post your opinions. Um, you know, and we, we encourage you guys to do that. So just type in the work shoot wrestling podcast and be a part of our group and interact with us. Uh, we, we, we love the, the, the interaction um, with the people who listen to our show. So definitely do that. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's it for me. Thanks. Very cool. And like always, you know, thank you for giving us a chance each week. Uh, last thing on my end, it's twofold. One, this Adam Rose situation is a disaster. Uh, hopefully oh, yeah. this guy gets his life in order. Uh, and I guess on one end, this most likely saved him from being, you know, uh, fired, won the suspension, and two, with a pending, you know, legal situation, they're doing their own investigation. He mostly won't be fired until they have more information, but I think the days of Adam Rose and WWE are coming to an end. He's a good guy. I mean, you watch, you know, the behind the ropes or whatever it was called, behind. I mean, is he that good of a guy? I mean, Jesus, he had a domestic violence incident. Then he had one, I guess, in March as well that they that I read. I mean, I, I don't know. He seemed like a good guy when we saw him. Maybe maybe we were all fooled. I don't know. Very, but maybe, very you know, I, I don't know. He's obviously angry and upset about what's happened with the company. And maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't want to really speculate. But it just doesn't seem like he's as awesome as he appeared to be initially. Right. And uh, the other one, this is more on a personal inch for me due to the fact that I'm one, I, I get Pop TV and Jay doesn't, but uh, TNA has gotten rid of the uh, the Saturday morning replay, which I was oh, watching. TNA has not gotten rid of it. So, Pop TV has gotten rid Pop of TV it. Pop TV has gotten rid of it. <laughs> I was trying to be positive for a change. My apologies. Um, but TNA no longer has a Saturday replay. I think the show has been really good in the last couple of weeks. Stuff they're doing with Bennett and uh, Lashley and a lot of these other things have been really good. I mean, you know, the 47,000 Willows supposedly on the show this week is, you know, oh boy. But um, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch the show this week due to the fact that they canceled it after 
the last airing, so I didn't know this was going to happen. So hopefully, you know, I'll be able to see it in another form. But uh, TNA, the writing looks like it continues to be on the wall. Apparently, you know, aren't paying people on time again. TNA in-ring has been very good. Outside of the ring, it's a disaster. Let's hope they get their crap together. But, uh, Jay, been another great week. Uh, we'll talk uh, Extreme Rules, I guess, preview next week. Right after that, we've got Money in the Bank. So next couple of weeks, we'll get into who we think might be that guy to get that uh, Money in the Bank this year. But, uh, Jason, the floor is yours. Uh, just real quick, want to uh, give a shout out to my BTB. She's uh, doing a mini bike ride from Boston to Connecticut this weekend. So good luck. And I think we're done here. See ya.